Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, here we are again. What are we going to begin with? We are, this is the controversial episode. Oh, good gracious. Yes, we have a lot of controversy this episode. Right. Uh, or controversy. With, um, controversy, possibly. Oh, you may say controversy. <laughs> I will say con- controversy. In the uh, old days, just, just you know, to, to deviate before we've even got to anything to deviate from. When If we had had a drink or two at lunch, particularly... Before we got to anything from which to deviate, surely. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> We're now competing to see who can be the most pedantic. But in the d- old days when I worked at the Beeb, if, if people had sort of had a leaving do at lunch, we'd often ring up the pronunciation unit and ask if it was the pronunciation unit or the pronunciation unit. Which I'm sure they thought was every bit as witty as we did. They probably I'm sure were. they found it hilarious. Umpteen times every day. Right. Yes. So... Controversial or contr? Yes, controversial. Controversial, okay. yes. Uh, the controversial Elon Musk has, as we know, oh, pulled yes. out of the uh, his forty-four billion dollar bid to to buy Twitter. Mm. Um, Twitter says that uh, less than five percent of its accounts are spam or bots. Mm. Uh, Musk thinks it's more than twenty percent, um, uh, and Twitter has agreed has, has announced that they do remove up to a million spam accounts every day. Good grief. believe that. So Elon Musk, um, uh, prankster that he is, uh, the, um, the, the boss of Twitter, Para Gagrawal, uh, sent him an email uh, you know, as part of his um, explanation of how Twitter worked, and uh, Musk replied with a poo emoji. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> so... Yes, well, that's very grown up, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. that's, Elon Musk can get away with that. You and I wouldn't be able to get away with we that. We would not be able to get away with that. On to the controversy of Uber, which is becoming more controversial by the day with the release of the Uber Files, which mm-hmm. is really about this whole batch of thousands and thousands of uh, emails and other documents about how they have manipulated governments and um, to, to, get, to get themselves preferential treatment or mm. to get themselves allowed to continue. Uh, and they, uh, things like violent attacks on their drivers, they said are, are generally a good thing because mm. it, it puts them in a good light and makes them look like victims. Good grief. Yes, indeed. Right. Um, they, uh, it's also come to light um, that their staff were instructed to check where the viewers of their apps were located. And if they were deemed to be in a police station, then everyone within the area of the police station had their Uber app replaced with an app code named Greyball, which was a fake Uber app that showed fictional cars that never arrived. Well, I don't understand that. Why? Because the police were ordering Ubers and then no, checking out the drivers to see if they were legitimate. Okay. Shocking, isn't it? It does seem quite... Surprising, yes. Yeah. This was this was under the direction of uh, Travis Kalanick, who was the CEO of 
uh, Uber and who is now blamed for everything now that he's left Uber. You wouldn't think that Uber would need to resort to such tactics. I mean, on the odd occasion, I'm taking one, I suppose, since before the pandemic, but when I've spoken to the drivers, they all claimed it was so much better working for Uber than for, um, you know, the ordinary sort of licensed minicab firms. Uh, Yes, indeed they did. Uber, of course, you know, making huge losses despite having attracted vast amounts of investment capital. Uh, And uh, they they treat their, their drivers reasonably well, but it obviously costs them an awful lot of money to do that. Yes. And now, of course, sponsoring the um, the boats ploughing up and down the Thames as well, if you live in London. Yes. Ploughing? Ploughing? Well... Really? Sailing, perhaps. Well, sailing implies sails, don't it? Don't they, don't well, ploughing implies fields. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. yes. Anyway, on to controversy or controversy number three. Yes. Of what could be more controversial than the offside rule? Oh, like you understand the offside rule. I do understand the offside rule. Do you? Yes, I've never quite seen what's so difficult to understand. Oh, I see. It's a lot easier to understand than... I can only remember the explanation from the full Monty, but perhaps you watch football more often than I do. No, I never watch football. But I don't know about the offside rule. Uh, Anyway, it has been um, controversial. And in the 2022 World Cup in Qatar... Uh, FIFA is going to be using new technology which involves an AI-connected ball, so a ball that signals where it is, Um, 12 cameras uh, around the pitch tracking 29 data points on each player, Uh, and it monitors their position 50 times a second. So not only will it be able to tell where one of them is truly offside, Mm -hmm. but it can also generate 3D animations that it can then licensed to whoever's broadcasting and indeed show spectators at the ground. Gracious. Ever. You wonder why they're going to need any referees. They'll be able to have AI referees soon, presumably. Well, this is, this is uh, in, in addition to the VAR that was very controversially introduced in the, uh, the Russian World Cup in 2018. Was That's it controversial? Quite... I'm afraid I didn't watch any of it. I had no interest, so I don't know what it was. Uh, uh, VAR, um, yes. It's, I believe it's video action replay. And right. um, it allows referees to see what happened rather than just guessing what happened wherever they happened to be standing. Oh, OK. Hmm. Why was that controversial? It seems quite a sensible idea. Um, uh, because up until that point, the referee's decision had been final. Right. And then with VAR, it meant they could go into a huddle and then change their minds. Yes. Hmm. I mean, cricket has had something similar for quite some time now. Hmm whereby sides can actually appeal and then um, um, they go off to, to, to look at the footage and see whether or not it's right or not. Oh, I'm intriguing, intriguing. Yeah. Um, okay, so probably time for us to have one of these. What now? How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? Oh, lots. Well, there we go. That's uh, saved an entire <laughs> yes. Bob Dylan song. Yes, Ab- absolutely, yes. <laughs> doesn't rhyme very well. It doesn't rhyme, no. Well, there's a difference between you and Bob Dylan, or one of yeah. many, yeah. perhaps. Yes. Um, so, um, uh, yes, Blowing in the Wind, one of Bob Dylan's, I suppose, his biggest hit, really, and maybe one of the most popular songs uh, of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. He has now re-recorded it for the first time having originally recorded it in 1962. So here we are 60 years later. 
and yes. we've done a new recording of it. The controversial aspect being you can't listen to it. In fact, almost no one can listen to it. There will only be one pressing of it. Mm. It's going to be etched onto an aluminium disc, which will be housed in a, a walnut cabinet with a titanium plaque on the side. It has just sold at Christie's for one and a half million pounds. Do we know why? It sounds quite un-Dylan-like. It's very un-Dylan-like. It's absolutely contrary to the spirit of the song. It seems just... I mean, if he was doing it, he should really have used an acoustic recorder rather than a digital one. I'm sure he did the first time around. Yeah, first time, yes. Yes, but... But uh, I think it's it's really an appalling sellout on behalf of everyone involved. A a really bad idea. So that's that's well, that's telling him. Yeah, telling absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But he's feeling sorry now. Okay. Well, more controversy. Uh, Well, yes, somewhat uh, controversial. Our our last uh, truly controversial uh, item of the of the episode is about quantum entanglement. (laughs) <laughs> quantum entangled right okay being one of those really bizarre things that science throws us every now and then a curveball as right not a cricketing term is it a googly uh, curveball is a baseball term yes yeah. what is the cricket equivalent of a curveball is it, is it probably a, a swing googly? a swing, swing. just yeah, swing sound as good as curveball is it yeah. i'm gonna call it a googly because i like the name okay that's not that's yeah okay it's not that's not but okay googly it is quantum quantum entanglement is the uh the idea that two particles can be inextricably linked even when separated and that looking at one particle shows you what's happening to the other particle even when uh they're some distance apart and um a uh, experiment conducted by the university of munich recently, um, had two rubidium atoms, which were 33 kilometres apart. Long, long way apart. And the thing is, when you change one, the other one changes instantly. It changes faster than the speed of light between the two. Can that even be measured? Yes, oh, yes, it can be measured. It okay, can be measured right. accurately. Uh, Einstein described uh, quantum entanglement as spooky action at a distance, and uh, and he was quite right. So you can see why scientists are desperate to try and harness the the power of quantum entanglement because it it will remove uh, time barriers when sending messages. You know, the uh, we saw the the glorious images that have just come back from the James Webb telescope. Yes, yes. And of course, it took quite a long time to reach us. Mm. But with quantum entanglement, if they had a quantumly entangled camera, then we could see it all in real time, which would be just astonishing. See, but would we be able to hear? Yes. So all those science fiction movies that we disparage because communication between distant galaxies and Earth seems virtually ah. instantaneous, might ah. actually not be so daft after all. Might not be so daft after all. I mean, it's a long way down the line before they can do more than, uh, you know, firing a laser pulse, pulse at a single rubidium atom. But mm. the, the, the concept is there, 
and it is definitely of a it's a definite possibility, shall we say? Well, I don't think I'd ever heard of quantum entanglement before. I'm still not sure I totally understand it, but I'm not going to ask for another explanation. There are very few people who totally understand quantum entanglement. I think there may Good. be two. I'm, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, and the other one is mad, yes, yes, that's what I just said about the show. We caused question as well. Okay, um, time for us then just to pause for breath. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmo. Steve Kaplan is here. Well, he's there, but um, he's here in spirit. But thanks to the miracle of quantum entanglement, we're able yes. to talk to each other yes. almost in real time. Yes, yes. I do something and you same. react, and we don't exactly. even need a laser. Yes, extraordinary. <laughs> Absolutely astonishing. Spooky, so, as I would have said. Okay. He, as indeed he did. <laughs> so moving on from quantum entanglement, the, the, the next uh, problem to be tackled is that of data storage. We're generating more and more and more data, mm. and we're having to store it somewhere. Um, and um, there could be a new way of doing it. Uh, people have been storing data for many years. I mean, going back before... Uh, before uh, the storage that we use now, solid state storage, you know, the floppy disks, there were uh, tapes, if you go back to the old books. spectrum days, books, yes, books. Yeah. Um, and indeed, spies have always sort of sent messages to each other in a variety of inventive ways by microfilm or, mm. or rolling up pieces of paper and hiding it inside shoe heels or whatever. Yes. Here's one that spies will like, uh, which is using the DNA type, DNA typewriter which is an invention of the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. They have found a way of inserting full sentences into living DNA. Gracious. Ever? I, I feel I'm going to almost wish we're going back to quantum entanglement because I'm not going to understand this, but try me. Well, the thing is, DNA is very, very good at storing data. Not only can it store all the data needed to rebuild, well, you, for example. Yes. Um, but one gram... Of, of DNA can store um, 215 million gigabytes of data, which is, which is impressive, don't you think? Yes, yes, I'm impressed by that. So they have done three tests on uh, storing DNA with their DNA typewriter, for sentences rather. Mm -hmm. If I tell you what, those, uh, what sentences they used, can you tell me where those sentences originated? Test one was, what hath God wrought? Okay, no. Uh, that was the first sentence sent over telegraph by Morse code. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Test two was... Sorry, Mr. so I was Watson trying to think what here. the dots and dashes would be. Oh, Mr. Watson come here was the first telephone call in theory. It was the first telephone call, yes. Yes. The third test was bound forever DNA. Where does that come from? No idea. 
It's from right. the Korean boy band BTS. I'm surprised you didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, yes, God, what was I thinking? Yes. <laughs> Why on earth would they? No, no. Well, it, mentions, it mentions DNA. Oh, I see. Okay, fine. Yes. Right. So there we go. Quite exciting DNA storage. Yes. Well, it's nice to know that something excites you. Um, obviously, it's not football. So let's have let's have one of these. Let's have one of these. I'm just thinking, yes, a DNA typewriter. I wonder if Tom Hanks will have to collect one because he has a massive collection of typewriters, doesn't he? Even had a, do you remember, he, he even brought out an app that sort of simulated typewriter on your phone. Yes, he did. That we all yes. tried for about five minutes and then realised that it was utterly pointless. Yes. yes. Lovely, but pointless. Yes. There was a very short YouTube clip um, uh, of a, uh, a, a secretary uh, using a, uh, a word processor mm. for the first time. And, um, and she sits there and she types a sentence. And at the end of the sentence, she swipes as if to do the carriage travel typewriter mm. and swipes the computer off the table. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it's, that. It's very short, very interesting. Okay. I, should, I don't know how I'll find it, but I'll have a look. Okay. So what? So what indeed? What is the strongest material in nature? In nature? I feel I should mm. know this. Because you haven't you not talked about it before? Well, I have, and for some time it was thought to be a spider's web. Yes, yes. So spider silk being incredibly strong for its for its size. Yes, we there talked about is, something to do with that a few months ago. Yes. Well, there is a material that is even stronger than a spider's web, which is limpet teeth. <laughs> well, exactly. You didn't well, know I mean, limpet cling- teeth. Yeah, no, but there's that saying clinging like a limpet presumably that has something like to do with the teeth if you, if you yes. ever tried to prize a limpet off a rock mm-hmm. yes i'm sure a boat for example i'm sure you have in your time yeah. uh, you'll know how difficult it will be and limpets uh, they uh the limpet teeth have up to four times the tensile strength of steel which is rather impressive and the way they do it is they have a network of chitin fibers chitin being the stuff that you know bones and hair uh, are made of right um, infused with geophyte crystals, which contain iron, and that makes it uh, incredibly strong. And the University of Portsmouth have been doing experiments uh, to grow effectively uh, chitin teeth in, in the lab. They, um, they, it takes them two weeks to grow a ribbon five millimetres wide, uh, which is quite a long time, it's very early days, but they reckon then they could use this stuff to replace things like Kevlar, which are currently you know, used in bulletproof rests, yes, yes. for example, and yes. that kind of thing. Yes. I say that kind of thing, there aren't any other kinds of things like bulletproof tank, tank armour, I think, is Kevlar as well, isn't it? Sometimes. Ah, I, think well, so. I think. Yes, well, going to be a problem. If they put it, put it down, it gets attached to something, they're not going to be able to get it off again. We'll never get it off. They could just take tanks... Stick them in the sea for a couple of years, and they've come out covered in limpets. That's true. I'm not sure limpets in themselves are great armour protection. No, possibly not. No, there is there is that. You know, okay. I mean, limpets can get broken. I guess you know when we tried taking them off um, yes. the size of boats. Imagine being a limpet dentist. I mean, you'd need an awfully big drill, wouldn't you? Yes, that's probably no. why you don't see many of them. You don't. That's exactly it. <laughs> Let us move on to our crowdfunding time oh. of the week. Now, you and I turn light switches on to turn a light on. And yes. 
if we are a little bit more advanced than that, we might have a um, Bluetooth uh, light switch where you, the, the switch will then turn on a remote socket without being wired to it. Mm. And if you're more technologically advanced than that, you might have Wi-Fi enabled uh, switches or sockets that you can turn on with your voice saying, Alexa, turn the lights on. And my apologies to anyone who has such a device in their home and suddenly <laughs> find suddenly, all the lights going on. Yes, Alexa, yes. turn the lights off again. I know that could be worse, couldn't it? Alexa, yes. leave things exactly as they were. <laughs> Ignore my last two instructions. Yes, that's one of those instructions you give Alexa that she doesn't seem to understand. Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> yes. Well, these could all be superseded by the wizard smart switch. The uh, wizard smart How do you spell switch. wizard? No, the normal way, actually. Oh, as you'd expect. Well, yes. they've missed a trick, haven't they? they? Absolutely have. <laughs> um, the wizard smart chip, smaller than this. The wizard smart switch uh, comprises three items. It, in, it comprises the, uh, the the socket, which goes where you want to plug things in, mm. a battery operated rune stone, what, and a magic wand. Oh and my goodness! You tap the rune stone with your magic wand to turn the light on. Now, I could see that children <laughs> yes. who like things like Harry Potter would find that very exciting, but they're yeah. suggesting adults would use this as well. Well, they are selling this thing for um, 80 quid, which is quite a lot for a kid's toy, I think. Um, and, I don't know, maybe they'll raise enough to actually make these things? It seems unlikely to me. I take it you're not subscribing to this one. I think it's absolutely idiotic. Yes. I mean, you put your, your magic wand down somewhere and lose it, and then you yes. can't turn your lights on. Yes, that is yeah. true. Yes. Or you, you put your or you carry magic wand, but you lose um you lose your rhinestone. And then what do you do? Well, I it's no, I think it is absolutely, absolutely daft. But that's there's enough daft people out there who will go for but this. We'll see. Um, how it are they doing for them... fundraising so far? Uh let me just see if I can if I can. Oh, would you, oh no, do you have to? check now it's just if you'd already noticed uh i think i can check now if you just uh talk for a moment while i search through my uh history to try and find this um well, i'm hoping you actually looked at this quite recently otherwise this could take us a little time i looked at it just this morning oh uh, but no curiously i can't seem to i can't seem to locate it it is it's oh, there somewhere Okay, it doesn't matter. I suspect we may never hear of the Wizard Smart Switch oh, no. again. Oh, here it is. I found it. They have, so far, as of today, which, if you're listening to this tomorrow, is yesterday, yeah. they have raised £24,941 out of their goal of £40,000. And they have until August the 5th to, to raise the, uh, the full well, amount. Sounds like they might get there. They might well get there. Extraordinary. Presumably, technologically, it's not that complicated. No, technologically, it's not that complicated. Intellectually, it is that idiotic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> let, us, let us wait and see what happens to them. Okay. okay. So what now? Um, okay. Uh, have you ever twisted your ankle? Well, yeah, I can't remember, but I'm sure I must have done some stage. Painful. I twisted mine walking downstairs a couple of years ago, and I couldn't walk properly for a week. You know, when you, you put your foot yeah, down, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Step and it goes sideways. Yes, yes. Very, very unpleasant. Particularly unpleasant if you are out hiking in the woods, which is something I don't do regularly, as you can imagine. I'm <laughs> I do it a little more than you. Than yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, but you go hiking in the woods. So if I go hiking in the, yes. in the fields or the dales or whatever you call them up north, yes. what do you call those things? Well, I go, I go hiking in the woods of Richmond Park several times a week. 
Oh, there were woods in Richmond Park. Oh. Yes, lots of them. I thought Richmond Park was full of deer. It's got deer as well. Yes. Oh, deer and woods. Marvellous. Yes, it's quite about. big. Yes, I suppose it is. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the ascent boot could be the thing that you want or the thing that you don't want since you never twist your ankle, um, which is uh, it's a boot with a stabilising piston down the outside of each ankle. Um, and what? the piston goes in and out. It extends as you as you walk. Yes. And um, if, it de 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 if it detects a sideways force, then the hydraulic stiffen instantly and stop the ankle from buckling. Now, is so this for people who have already twisted their ankle or for no. people who are worried they might twist? For but nobody's going to worried they might. Well, it doesn't happen all the time. So unless you're particularly prone to it, why on earth would you always wear something clunky? That's a very good question. And one that I can't answer, but maybe better guards can. If you go to betterguards.com, then you can find out more. What you can't find out, how much they're going to charge for these things, because they haven't announced those yet. Walking around with something with stabilising pistons, I can't help feeling it's going to slow you down a little bit. You'd think it might, unless those pistons were also generating electricity that could power, for example, your magic wand, so you could turn <laughs> your yes. uh, battery-operated runestone on off. At the chance, yes. I suppose it wouldn't work quite as well if you're out walking in woods, but who knows? Who Steve, knows? thank you very much indeed. Yes, highly controversial episode, but I can't help feeling that the wizard smart switch was probably the most controversial thing of all. <laughs> anyway, that is it for this edition of Gadgets and Gizmos. We will, of course, be back with more at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.